You are now listening to The Open Canvas. Open Canvas, this is Taj Alexander. I'm here with a very special guest. From the moment that, that we actually connected, I had a chance to, to listen to your music and how you present your music. Um, it's very high quality. Um, and I can tell you, you're definitely a person who cares about professionalism um, and also creating something that's unique to them and speaks to their life. Um, so with Thank that, you. Yeah, absolutely. So without any further ado, please introduce yourself. My name is Madison McFerrin. I am a singer-songwriter based in Brooklyn. And I, at the moment, sing acapella music, acapella soul. Nice. Well, thank you for being on the open canvas. I, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So we were just talking about in terms of where you're from. Are you originally like born and raised in the Bay? or? Uh, I was born in the Bay. Yeah. And then moved to Minneapolis when I was three. Really? And then moved to Philadelphia when I was nine. Okay. And when I go home, I still go to Philly. So, so which which neighborhood do you claim? Like, what's your neighborhood? Like? It's That's a difficult question yeah, just because... Yeah, yeah. So much of my family and community is still in San Francisco. Like, I'll be going to San Francisco for Thanksgiving this year. Mm -hmm. My parents are in the process of moving back to San Francisco. And then in Minneapolis, I created some of my most profound friendships there. So, like, my Mm -hmm. two best friends that we went to kindergarten together are still my two best friends. Um, And I still have family ties there. And then Philadelphia, obviously, I've lived there the longest. Right. Um and my parents are still there so wow. it's a little bit of all over the place that's why when anybody asks me more often than not i say all three places because it doesn't seem right to leave one out yeah no i hear you like for me as well it's like i was born in one place lived there for only like two years then was sort of raised in another place and then now i live somewhere else completely different so i get it definitely so for you in that do you feel that you sort of um have different attributes of each of those cities that you're from? Like, would you say you, you still have some bay in you, even though it was just for like a very short period of time that you were there? Yeah, I would say that there are certain things that get picked up. You know, I, a lot of the people in my family, we, you know, we're big foodies. Of course. Which definitely comes <laughs> from, or I don't think it necessarily comes from the bay, but you know, San Francisco is definitely known as one of the biggest food cities in the country. So, so what type of food then? good food good food <laughs> yeah um and you know high quality ingredients i don't eat a lot of junk mm-hmm. um but not even just because for health reasons but also because it doesn't appeal to me right, right um but uh so i would say that there's that and also like that's where the majority of my community is mm-hmm. so there's definitely a, a, a strong tie there in minnesota I, that's where i got my can bear the cold skin you know (laughs) that's the only option so i feel pretty weatherized Mm -hmm. when it comes to a winter what's minnesota even like because i've I've never been um well minneapolis i was just there for a gig for two gigs and it's changed a lot since i was a kid Mm -hmm. um for the better i think there when i was walking around i definitely noticed more people of color than i recall seeing when i was growing up yeah um so that's really cool and they definitely have um a very interesting queer art community um, that one of my best friends is involved with so that was it's cool to see that that's a big part of it Um, a lot of people don't know that outside of New York it's one of the bigger 
uh, theater cities. Really? Yeah, they have a lot of, um, there's a theater called the Guthrie Theater there. Mm. That's one of the biggest magnets for serious theater heads. Yeah. Um, they test a lot of Broadway shows in Minneapolis before they mm. go to Broadway. I saw Lion King before it came out on Broadway because <laughs> it was there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so, you know, th that's a really interesting part of the city. Um, unfortunately, it's cold a lot. I imagine, yeah, <laughs> Sometimes yeah. I look back on pictures of me when I'm, you know, like eight or nine and I look so pasty. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, I was just like, just had to add to the light skinnedness, you know. Um, in Philly, I would probably say uh, the majority of my my slang is probably Philadelphian slang yeah, that, yeah, <laughs> that yeah, got yeah, carried yeah. over. Um, and Philly is also a really cool... My, my parents, we moved there because it was more diverse than Minneapolis. Right, right. Um, and I was lucky enough to go to a school that at the time was really focused on not just racial diversity, but economic diversity. Absolutely. Um, so I was able to flourish there in a way that I definitely wouldn't have in the like elite private school that I went to in Minneapolis. The school I went to in Philadelphia was also an elite private school, but they just had more of a focus on bringing all walks of life Absolutely. to the school. Yeah. Um, so I definitely got a good sense of like, this is, a, there's an emphasis on community there. So right. that was definitely important. That's major. Yeah. Wow. So, so all of these years growing up was like music sort of something you felt you wanted to do or was it just a part of your life through like family playing music or so both yeah um it was i did I, I decided i wanted to be a singer when i was like five okay yeah um yeah. but you know i don't know how conscious that was to like <laughs> oh this you know when you're little you're like i want to be whatever when i grow up right um if it was just that or just you know music was around in my house all the time mm. i was always singing um, my dad was always singing mm. and of course when you see somebody doing something um, you know like my dad was actively having a career still has a career from singing mm. so I was like I like to sing yeah, yeah like yeah. why can't I just do that <laughs> um, so I made that decision and pretty much stuck with it definitely so what type of music were you sort of listening to or like enjoy did you enjoy singing at an early age um, I mean I definitely myself was a kid that like listened to top 40 radio growing yeah, up. Yeah, there's no you know? shame in that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, there's some joints. There's some jams oh, back absolutely. then. absolutely. You know? And also, you know, it was before, you know, iPods and stuff like right, that. So right. I wasn't listening to, I wasn't curating what I was listening to yeah. as heavily. Yeah, but yeah. in my house, we were always listening to Stevie Wonder and James Brown yeah. and Aretha yeah. Franklin. It was all like old school soul for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, so that is very much entrenched in who I am as a singer, but also as a person. Definitely. You know, so. Yeah, I used to like tell my friends these stories about my parents, how like Stevie Wonder was used to sort of help to break up fights between siblings. Because <laughs> like, you know, we'd be arguing or my parents even, they would say when they were kids, like my mother, whenever she was arguing with her, her sister or her brother, my grandparents, her parents would sort of sit them down and listen to like a Stevie record album, like front to back. Oh, wow. And like read the lyrics on the vinyl <laughs> back cover and like learn how to love each other through his music. So like, Definitely yeah, can learn a lot through Stevie's definitely, music. Definitely. So, so yeah, I, I fully understand that as well. For me, it was definitely like Stevie and Earth, Wind and Fire, mm -hmm. um, the Gap Band, like Charlie Wilson. Mm -hmm. And like just sort of hearing that music very, very early on in life, it was like 
just understanding what musicality was without even knowing, like defining it. There was wasn't a label for it. There wasn't like you just hearing like good melodies and good harmonies so right. early in life, and you didn't even realize you were like learning something. You were right. just like, this is dope. <laughs> I joke that I don't think I could trust somebody who didn't like Stevie Wonder's music. That's a good yo. <laughs> because like, what do you mean you don't like Stevie yeah, Wonder's music? Yeah. What what about it exactly? Yeah, or I mean we, we can't. Yeah, or we can't we all know. agree, right? Yeah, I mean it's one thing if you don't know, but mm-hmm. if it, if it's one thing if you're like. I, do, I hear it and I don't like you it. You actively decided like, not to like it. Like, what do you mean you don't like it? I need yeah. a whole, like, dissertation as that, to why you don't like Stevie Wonder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. So, so yeah, so for, for you, um, singing, was it just like, I'm going to sing for myself? Or was it something like, I want to be in front of people singing at a, at a young age? Like, I think it was, I want to be in front of people. Okay. My parents would probably say that. I was always, anytime I had friends over, would like make us do performances in front of our parents and stuff like that. <laughs> um, so I would say that it started out that way mm-hmm. and then it formed more into like singing for myself because, you know, puberty happens and all of a sudden you get scared to <laughs> sing in front of people. You're like, oh my God, people are watching. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, even now, I, I get such energy from singing on stage and performing in front of people yeah um that's like a real sense of joy for Mm. me uh so yeah it's a bit of both yeah definitely performing for people is important what is that like because for me as a say an audience member like i have a certain experience watching a musician perform whether it's a singer or a musical artist who's like playing an instrument for you like what is that like you're sort of engaging with your audience or sort of like you know helping them to sort of experience what you're feeling on stage like what's that experience like it's a very powerful experience for me especially when it's a thing like people to know that people are taking time out of their day to come see Mm. me perform Mm. I feel like that's a very valuable space Mm. um, and that I have to treat it with a lot of care Mm. because you know people I don't know what people have been doing throughout their day um, but I hope that they're coming to see me to add some joy to their day I don't know if their day has already been joyful or not so I I feel a sense of responsibility to make sure that they leave that space feeling uplifted Mm. and feeling happy and feeling like particularly if they spent money that they you know got their money's worth yeah um i am always really disappointed when you hear about artists that show up you know over an hour late to something yeah i think that that is so disrespectful to the audience particularly Mm. if it's within your control to mm. be someplace. I mean, I'm, you know, there's always the like 15 yeah, minutes, yeah. you know, a little bit of buffer, like that. Mm-hmm. Everybody does that. Right. Um, and I don't think that that's a problem. Mm. But uh, I went to a show not too long ago where this person was, I think they were like an hour and a half late mm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even get to stay for the whole set because it was a Monday night. I had other things to do in the morning. Yeah. Like I had an early morning and like life. I paid. Yeah, I had life and like I had paid good money to like mm. see this band perform that I was really excited to see and I ended up leaving agitated. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So it was like I I actively came and I wanted to participate in this exchange of energy. Right. And right. I didn't feel like me as an audience member, like mm. my time was valuable yeah. to the artist. Definitely. You know, I Definitely. feel like so as an artist myself, it's like I want to make sure that I'm 
showing the audience that like I wouldn't be on this stage if it weren't for you. Exactly. So yeah. your time is valuable and I want to honor that. I want to mm. honor your time. Mm. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, yeah. That's amazing. And, and I think it's the truth because like recently you performed at the, uh, the Ockfest mm-hmm. for Pitchfork and just from seeing like footage from that and just seeing how you perform and just seeing like the way you, you, you speak and sort of engage with your audience. It's something that's it's very... Um, it's very intimate. It's very uh, uh, like you, you show respect. Like you show respect, and, and in turn, people respect you because of it. And they respect your art form, and it's it's really powerful to see. And I feel like um, sort of seeing more artists who sort of take care of their craft and also their audience in that way is is really important because then then we feel as as the audience like we're a part of the right. the process. I think performing live is also a part of the creation process. Absolutely. You know? So like by you sort of uh, actively doing that it sort of like brings us in and sort of feel like we're a part of your your journey mm-hmm. you know and it's a great it's a great feeling to, to know that from like people you look up to or even your, your peers as well it's just like to know that um, that creative experience that joy that you even feel performing is something that can be shared mm-hmm. you know so definitely definitely um, so do you think like um, from the early age that you started you know singing and, and getting into sort of getting in front of people when you were younger like what led you to say okay this can actually become like a, a career or something that I can be doing uh, for my life what, what made that decision for you I don't know if I ever actively made that decision mm-hmm. um, I mean, like I said before, is like I saw my dad doing it, yeah. and his father was a, a singer as well. So there wasn't really ever a doubt. If anything, there were other people that were telling me, like, "Well, what are you gonna do if this mm. doesn't work out?" Yeah, or like, like doubt didn't come from yeah, your mind. <laughs> right. The the doubts that I did end up having were like about my own ability mm. to make it happen, mm. but I always. There was never a doubt that once I got over that sense of doubt that I would be able to make it happen. Yeah. Just because I, that's the reference that I have in mm-hmm. my own life, mm-hmm. in my own family. And, and my brother is a musician as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there were, there are all these layers of, oh, this is not far-fetched. Yeah. There was never anybody who was like, oh, you can't do this. You're not going to be able to make a career out of it. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you can't tell me that when like my brother's made a career out of it. My yeah. father's made a career out of it. His father's made a career out of it. You know, so exactly. like that wasn't, that wasn't something that I had to get over my own doubts about like my talent mm-hmm. and my ability, mm-hmm. but the like making a career off of music was never something that I doubted. Definitely. So yeah, I think a lot of like younger creatives, like even our peers, like if in any form of medium expression, like getting over those hurdles of sort of like uh like self uh confidence or self-belief um you know it's it's a part of the process right so so for you what was that process like in terms of like becoming confident in your ability and also knowing like yeah i can do this and i can actually like share these gifts that i know are with inside of me and sort of like help the world benefit from it well really you know, I was in a band in college that did pretty well, and then I, or relatively speaking, and then I was on tour with my dad for a couple of years, and then I did a, uh, I was in a like hip hop electronic duo after college. What were what were all of these experiences like? Because you're just saying these things. Well, so. they were all like very, <laughs> they were key building blocks yeah. to me being able to do what I do now. Absolutely. Um, because before entering college. Uh, I, that was definitely when I had the most self-doubt about my talent mm. um, and 
I didn't sing in front of people a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was in choir and acapella and stuff like that, but in terms of like my own solo stuff, yeah. I would get really nervous. I had um, pretty bad stage fright. Mm-hmm. I would like shake and mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. Uh, and that would affect my voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, in college, formed this band with some really good friends of mine called Cosmodrome. And we started gigging a lot, and we were gigging like every weekend. Mm. Mostly, this is up in Boston, but like mostly to, like mountain clubs yeah. to little wait, to no people. Wait, mountain clubs, like you know, like ski lodges and stuff oh, like that. Snap. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because they pay decent money, right? Um, <laughs> So even though we weren't getting the kind of experiences that we wanted in terms of like the audience we felt like we were supposed to get in front of, mm-hmm. we were gigging twice a week right. for like a year straight. Right. Um, Sharpening those skills. Right, exactly. Yeah. They were essentially paid practices right. a lot of the time. Because right. sometimes we would have an audience and then I can distinctly remember like a couple times where no one was mm-hmm. there and mm-hmm. we were just getting paid to play music. And so it was like, okay, like we're just honing our skills. Um, so that was really formative in me getting over the stage fright that right. I had. Right. And then with my dad's band, that was very that was very formative in the sense of like I it got locked in that I definitely wanted to be a musician that right. traveled the world and performed just because I was I had never toured like that before mm. and we went all around the world and to see the influence that my dad and his music had on all of these different people who couldn't speak the, the same language as us right. and, but were all there like sharing this beautiful energy it was really amazing for me to see that firsthand wow. and was very formative in me being like this is absolutely what i want to do yeah um, and then the band after college binary soul that was another stepping stone in me being able to be like okay i'm not in this band in college anymore i'm not doing stuff with my dad like this is a next step in like forming ideas that i want yeah and identity um and then it really took me just being like okay i gotta do this for myself um to make that happen and yeah that's dope that is dope so so yeah i think even just from hearing that just from hearing that sort of path that you've been on it's like sort of even trusting in yourself you know it just yes, sounds it's a like lot that. of trust yeah it's a lot of self-trust and the thing is is even like after starting my solo career it still took some time for me to trust myself completely yeah, yeah. especially because it's just me on stage mm. so i only have myself to rely on and there as an artist i think inherently or as a human we all have Mm. Mm self-doubts and i think that it took probably more time than i would have liked for me to be like i can do this Mm -hmm. and i'm good at it and i was here to do this Mm -hmm. you know yeah sometimes i still feel those things yeah i think we all do yeah yeah but the voice has been getting a lot quieter (laughs) that's good that's a good way to put it too you know i think that's the truth i think we all are sort of in that process of sort of like self-evolution and and trusting ourselves Mm -hmm. like trusting our abilities because when you put the work in like you you are it's like you know you can almost build up that confidence in knowing that you know what like putting in all these the hours and the stuff that people they like, don't see you know mm-hmm. the the time and the effort and the energy and the shows and, and the things that that people aren't maybe maybe not necessarily fully aware of 
so that when you have that moment of sort of like, you know, now all the eyes and all the, the attention is on what you are doing in your craft. And so you can be confident knowing like, yeah, this is something that, you know, I deserve. This is the moment that I've created for myself, mm -hmm. you know, and I can live and, and thrive in that. So, so it's definitely, I feel like, you know, your story is a reflection of, of all of us, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of that. So I definitely feel that for sure. Definitely. So are you are you taking like um, what you're doing now? Like I, I see you sort of like, you know, you're doing larger and larger gigs now. You're sort of uh, creating like a great following for yourself. Like, do you feel like you're 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 moving on to another step or another level that you want to sort of see yourself grow into? Absolutely. I think that there's it's always going to be a growing process. Yeah. Um, there's always going to be stepping stones. I sometimes I get frustrated with myself because I don't I, I know I'm not where I want to be yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I also know that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be mm, that's you know a good point. Yeah. so yeah, yeah. Um, you really just have to take each experience and grow from it and move forward and um, there are always things that I want to add and hone and you know move forward with but you know it's all it's all a growing process definitely even when I'm fighting the growth yeah like nobody's business you know <laughs> yeah um which i feel like i'm probably doing more often than i want to admit mm -hmm. how so what do you mean? uh you know just like taking time to study up on things that maybe i don't want to <laughs> um or just part of so i went to berkeley college of music for college okay yeah and before I went there, I was listening to music all the time, mm -hmm. all day. And then all of a sudden, music became homework, you know? Oh, so I then it became, yeah. so I fell out of love with it for mm -hmm. a second. And that's also what kept me from doing solo stuff for a while because mm -hmm. I kind of, after college, was in this phase of like, I don't even know what I like. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so when certain things turn into that, like, music is homework type of vibe yeah there's a part of me that like really fights back yeah but there are different ways to frame it mm. you know like it shouldn't have to feel like homework shouldn't necessarily be bad right you know right, right. it shouldn't be the case that like me studying up on artists or studying up on gear or studying up on you know an author or a fashion designer or this or that yeah. it shouldn't be the case that homework is necessarily viewed as this bad thing mm. but because like that's yeah, I mean, I think even when we're growing up in school, it's like, ah, I got to yeah, do this homework. It's like pulling you know? teeth, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, versus viewing it as like, this is going to benefit mm. me and my career, and like, this is part of the growth process. But there's yeah. so, there's definitely a lot of me that like fights that. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, I just want to have fun all the time. <laughs> and it's like, it can still be fun, yeah. but finding yeah. that balance can Absolutely. be difficult. Absolutely. So, so yeah, where do you want to take your, your craft and, and what you're doing? I feel like the the potential and the trajectory is already there. Your path is already your path. Um, but but where do you see yourself taking what you're doing now? I'm definitely going to be stepping... I don't want to say stepping away from acapella mm -hmm. because acapella is always going to be there. Right. Uh, especially, like, that's why my Finding Foundation series is in volumes. Mm -hmm. It's intentionally so that anytime I come up with acapella ideas, I have an umbrella that I can throw it under. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. so it's like, that. it's there. I didn't want it to be in a confined situation where it's like now they're I'm blocked in yeah, by how many I can it. do yeah, yeah. Um, but I definitely want to show what I can do from a more produced angle um, I want to learn how to produce myself nice. as well nice. but that, there's definitely a lot of time for that to happen Yeah. Um, 
and just show more elements. I mean, my, I would say even more so than acapella, my main thing is harmonies. And yeah. that's always been my bread and butter and like what I've enjoyed doing the most. Mm -hmm. um, so bringing that into a more produced element. I mean, I, I think you hear that in other songs that I've been featured on Absolutely. that are produced songs. Like I'm always like, oh, let's add another harmony and another <laughs> harmony and another harmony. Yeah. Um, so I definitely want to grow that sound and mm -hmm. show people that like I'm not just an acapella artist right. but I think the beauty about being an acapella artist is like I've laid the foundation no pun intended for like people to hear just my voice yeah you yeah. know and so there is really there are so many ways that I can go from here right. you know right. like I don't think even though I've like made this niche situation of being an acapella artist mm -hmm. at the moment it's like I feel like there are the, the possibilities for what type of sound gets accompanied with that are limitless. Right, right. Um, so those are the next steps. Definitely. And, and that just also speaks to your your talent as an acapella artist and sort of like being able to hold people's attention with your voice. You know, like, you know, sometimes people need overproduction to sort mm -hmm. of like grab people's attention. Right. And then like their voice is sort of an afterthought, you know, but sort of how you sort of built your your craft off of your voice, you know, sort of leading that, you know, sort of makes it so much easier for you to do other things because your your trademark is already set in stone. People know you for your voice. So it just like it, you're right. It gives you so much more room to sort of grow and expand in any direction you want to. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I'm definitely excited to see where you take things for sure. Definitely. So yeah, I mean, we're, we're getting ready to close, but like, can you let people know like how they can find your music um, and also like anything that you're going to be doing up and coming that they should know about? Just let us know. See, I have a European tour happening starting at the end of October. Nice which I'm very excited about. Yeah, it's the first yeah. time I'm going to Europe as a solo yeah. artist. Uh, so that's going to be really fun. Absolutely. Stopping in Hamburg, Paris, Lyon, London. Mm -hmm. I'm going to... Actually, my dad and I are overlapping in Copenhagen. Wow. <laughs> so wow. hopefully we can like grab lunch or something. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if we'll be able to see each other. <laughs> um, and then before that, I've got a string of U.S. dates uh, that, are, that I'm really excited about. The Art of Cool Fest, Brick Jazz Fest... I'm doing Chicago with Georgia and Muldrow, nice. um, LA, so and Seattle for Earshot Jazz Festival. Yes, which I'm very excited about. You can find all of my music on Spotify, mm -hmm. which it's very important to follow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. People forget that. Yeah, too. people forget that. <laughs> you know, on Spotify, you gotta follow that people. That means something. It does. <laughs> it you know helps the crazy algorithm in the sky that yeah. you know rules all of our lives. <laughs> um, at Mad McFerrin is all of my social media. Uh, most of my, you, I always post all of my shows and stuff on my Instagram and on my website. Nice. So that's. That's where you can find me. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you once again. It's an honor having you on, just to even thank share. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, sharing just even just a little bit with us. I really appreciate everything, and also just to see where you're going, where you're taking things. I'm very excited. So, once again, this is Taj Alexander with my special guest, Madison McFerrin. Thank you. And we're out. Peace. <laughs> to find out more about The Open Canvas, hit up our website, theopencanvas.com. Also, stay tuned to our Instagram at The Open Canvas. And for any questions or inquiries, hit up my email, taj, T-A-J, dot opencanvas at gmail.com. 
This has been The Open Canvas, produced by Taj Alexander.